0: Welcome to Between the Brows podcast, presented by Buck Ventures Outdoors, where the guys talk about hunting, God, and everything in between. We've got a great show for you today, so sit back, enjoy, and let's get right into it.
1: Well, welcome back to uh, episode nine of Between the Brows. I uh, hope y'all, if you haven't, go back and watch episode eight. Uh, it's Jeff and Tracy. Uh, Brother Ryan and Brother Noel, uh, it's titled what, Biblical Truth in a Broken World, mm-hmm. really good talk of them just diving through the Bible, um, looking at the truth of of God's Word and uh, a world that doesn't know God's Word, so um, y'all be sure to go check that out. Um, we got a lot to talk about today, before we go to that, something we want to talk about, um, there is a benefit, I guess you could say, going mm-hmm. on, uh, it's the Southern Plains Outdoor Show, and I'm going to read some of this off, so... Uh, it's going to be August 5th, um, 2023. It's going to be from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And basically what it is, it's going to be a benefit uh, cornhole tournament for a young lady uh, named London. She has been diagno- diagnosed with, uh, I think it's called Ewing sarcoma, which is a, a rare childhood cancer. Um, so Keith Hagen, um, who is actually our taxidermist, put this together, and it's a benefit for her and her family to to help pay for things that they've got going on. So um, we'd encourage y'all, if you can make it, uh, to do it. It's going to be at the Bridge Church um, in Mustang, Oklahoma, which is 116 North State Highway 152 in Mustang. Again, August 5th. Um, sign up starts at 10 a.m. Tournament starts at noon. It's $20 a team. And then there'll be re- uh, vendors and raffles and food trucks and we'll,
0: we'll be there. Um, I'm definitely gonna be there. Any of the pro staff that wants to come will be there. Um, it is for a great cause. Um, it'll be fun. Um, it's a Saturday, so.
1: Um, and if you can't make it, you and you still you know feel the urge to donate, you can actually contact Keith um, Hagen. Uh, his number is uh In case you can't make it or you need more, need more information, contact him. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be good. And we praying for London and yeah. her family and everything she's going through. So.
0: Yeah. Well, um, so. uh, And that just brings me up, just kind of a spur of the moment. I want to bring up, as Cole said, that just kind of on my heart is, you know, man, I tell you what, guys, we did the, the podcast last week, but one thing I just want to bring up is there's so much to pray about. And uh, whoever you are out there, find someone to pray for. Find, you know, you can, all you got to do is <laughs> look at Facebook for a little bit, and there's a lot of people that hurt and, and this and that. And just remember, prayer matters. Um, so lift people up. Find someone to lift up if you're not and be praying for them.
2: Absolutely.
1: Well, it's been a little while since we've done one. We've There's been a lot happening, going on. Um, our farms, getting into the deer hunting side now, our farms are looking pretty good. Phenomenal. Like I remember in, I think it was May, we were like, Lord, please let it rain. <laughs> Like, please let it rain. Because it's been, what, two years of basically nothing. And now it's July, and we're like, Lord, please don't let it rain. (laughs) I tell
0: you, we look like, over the last two and a half years, we look like the worst farmers. I mean, I was like, we, we we got all the right equipment. We were planting three times. We were doing this. And, I mean, we're like, well, dude, we just ain't got it. But we look like really, really, really good farmers this year.
1: Well, maybe we are. I think maybe we, we are. <laughs> we are this year. <laughs> now we've had—I don't know how many inches of rain in our northwest Oklahoma and Kansas farms. Yeah. It's been absolutely what, like twenty something inches. I don't—I don't know. For I sure. can tell
0: you for sure, one hundred percent. cold. northwest Oklahoma is the most rain I've ever seen up there in a year. One hundred percent.
2: Well, a chance you just got back from there, and it sounded like it's yeah. just grown up. Yeah, it's—it's it's grown up. I've never seen it so green. There's so much grass everywhere. Uh, the creeks and rivers are overflowing which is good we actually couldn't even cross uh one of the creeks to access uh you know the bottom there in the alfalfa uh got a couple trucks buried stuck uh so yeah it was a pretty good trip
0: now the one thing that you have to work for now is deer are not congregated in one spot they are definitely hard to get inventory i mean usually up in that country we pour out a bag of corn and Mm -hmm. we we could put it on a dirt road (laughs) And we can check our inventory. That's not the case this year.
1: No, they got so much like browse, and just they can eat and live wherever they want to. And yeah. it, plus, we got
2: alfalfa. You know, that I'm sure it's jamming. And yep. um we were playing out Milo or head Milo, feed. And Milo's coming up um, pr- pretty good um, in the spots that it came up. So, um, but yeah, but just just the landscape itself. So much natural browse. It's just it's just awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, the other thing I want to bring up is, um, it's a plug, but I'm going to tell you right now, from our heart to yours, the anabolic grow, it's a game changer. It's so easy, and I mean, from our stuff to to Heast to Tony Smotherman's to all our pro staff guys that I'm seeing using it, it is actually, it's unbelievable. It uh, it has made us um, look good. It is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's way above where it would be. It's We're seeing things that are this tall if you use it and are this tall if you don't. So, I, again, for a, a little bit of cost, guys, you owe it to yourself. I don't care if you're planting a, a quarter of an acre, get it.
2: Yeah, the side-by-side comparisons are undeniable. Uh, obviously, our food <clears throat> plots look better than they ever have before, uh, and it's across all of our food plots, really. Um, but yeah, it's it's just been a game changer. Like well, I you think
1: Noel was here what last week or something, and we were actually talking about it. And I think, you know, how a lot of these products are, sometimes it can be a gimmick, you know, or whatever it may be. And I think Noel, he said it, he even told me he was a little skeptical of it um, mm-hmm. before he used it, but he went out because um, they just bought a farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've I been think, in a drought. Yeah, and they've been in a drought, um, you know, compared to us. And he, um, I think he sprayed the foliar spray on it, and he just walked it and sprayed it. And uh, he said he went back, and he goes, you can— very easily tell the difference of where he sprayed and then spray. It's just a distinct line of, mm-hmm. you know, their beans or whatever,
2: or a foot tall or you know whatever uh, it may be. He yeah. said, "I'm a I am a true believer." Yeah. yeah. Well, and the crazy thing is, is whenever you, especially with the foliar spray, you can really see how quickly it reacts. Because I mean, you go and you know you you're getting good growth, but as soon as you put that on, you go back five mm-hmm. days later, and the difference is just crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, like I said, for the amount of money it cost us. And and then what it does, it grows so much, and it you know, and it it the deer will like it better because it has more. It's got more. It's more potent. And um, so yeah, it's uh, one of those um, one of those products that's a must.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of farms, we one of them is for sale. The old woolly grass farm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the woolly grass is, uh, man, a, a tough decision. Um, I know you guys still are hoping it don't sell. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we have several people looking at it right now. Um, you know, and it, it is. It's where I shot the flower bucket. It's a tough deal. There's big deer all over it. It's established. There's now another out field going in. It has, you know, it, it it's probably got over 100 and some deer that live on it every day. Um but with that, we kind of found another farm too.
1: We found a new farm that
0: describe it
1: <sighs> magical I mean I, it's it is going to be one well, especially more. it's already good but I think five years from now when we look at this it could be the best farm in Kansas like i I legitimately mm. think that it is um. It's really good, and it's only what it's what five
0: three hundred eighteen acres.
1: It's yep. yeah, and it's five miles from grass, give or you know give mm-hmm. or take. Um, and we went and looked at it. we were driving around the <laughs> side by side. <laughs> I don't even know if I said a word. I was just like in the back of my mind, I was like, oh my goodness, this is.
0: Well, there wasn't no negotiation <laughs> no. because everybody's no. like, ah, oh, ooh, ah. Oh. We'll at the very it. end, full price. We'll yeah, yeah. It. that's exactly right.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, and. My favorite part about it is, you know, that part of the country in Kansas where we're at, um, you know, it's it's a lot of flat. It's a lot of uh, just open fields. Um, CRP. C- a lot of CRP, um, some, you know, some tree rows, some creek bottoms. But this farm didn't look like that part of Kansas. It looked like Midwest. It had good ag. It had good timber. It had good bottoms. It had creeks. It had ponds. It, 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 it has it all and it, just, it's, it doesn't look like that part of Kansas, and mm-hmm. it, it just looks phenomenal. <laughs> well, I'll be- tell
0: you the other thing, guys, I'm real excited about is, uh, obviously, it's a great farm. We have the woolly grass, we have the Booner, we have the Triangle, but the co-op that we're putting in place up there, you know, we got Andy Duvall, which is a pro-staff guy that bought some right by us. Um, Ryan and Chad Clark have some right there that they bought, and then we have a farmer in place that doesn't let anyone hunt um, so there's thousands upon thousands of acres right there and, and you know if you're out there and you're serious and you would like to get involved in the co-op you know we'll we'll, we'll talk w- about well,
1: it well hang on I want my 80 acres first <laughs> <laughs> it'll be an application process yeah it'll be an interview process <laughs> yeah but it's, it's uh, uh, yeah it's gonna be good it's yes, yeah, 318 acres um, and then obviously Andy bought some right across the road you yeah, know mm-hmm. it ought to be a sanctuary for deer and it'll be managed
0: well. And we're trying to find a name, guys. We've uh, come out with the hideout. We talked about the sanctuary, the refuge. It's so, it's like I said, it's got a big creek. It's got, or it's actually got two big creeks. It's got three monster ponds on it, uh, big fish in them. It's got, um, it's hilly, it's got farm ground, it's got it all. And just trying to figure out, like I said, the hideout kind of. Makes sense, but it just feels like it won't stick.
1: Yeah, I just need to come up with something that'll like I like the Caddyshack farm because you're like you remember the Caddyshack farm. <laughs> yeah. so I just need to so, come up with
0: throw out some names for us if we use if we your pick ad, your
1: name we'll send you a uh uh
0: Walker's Game here. We we owe someone that too, so we may yeah, need to make sure and that, send that that's from yep. the last podcast yeah.
1: when you send that out. Yep. We'll come up with something if you if you give us a name we like it we use it we'll send you something. Yeah,
2: it'll be something cool.
1: Um, but yeah, it's. We hadn't closed on it yet but
0: yeah it's, it's august just, 5th it's supposed to close and lord willing
1: um are we uh so just kind of going into that i know we we talked about all the stuff we've done to our other farms um obviously when you get a farm in august it's a little bit different than how it's been you know with our other farms that we've had for a while what are you going to do anything different i mean you're going to hunt it differently than you might normally this first year or what what's your plan going into that
0: yeah so kind of my thoughts are uh we've talked about a little bit obviously but is you know we're not going to go crazy um you know we we got a lot going on um and kind of what i want to do with this farm is first of all we we've changed our strategy some and we'll get into that i guess here in a little bit but you know we're just going to go hunt it guys we're probably going to throw a big feeder right in the center of it we're going to throw out some corn on the edges of it try to get some inventory but you know we just got a saddle we got a brand new saddle coming. You know, we're going to start, we're going to saddle hunt some of them. This has got big trees all over it. It's like
1: the only farm we own that you can (laughs) use a saddle anywhere you
0: want. Yeah, the booner you can do a lot too, but, um, but you know, it's just, um, and obviously that's going to take shape and form of, of a big deer showing up somewhere and and you know where I'll be then. But, um, this is going to be a fun farm to hunt. Excuse me. Um, so yeah i think that's what we do is just you know let this be that sanctuary go in and I, I can't even imagine being on this farm coal and hitting the horns together you know october 31st to november 15th and just seeing what comes out of the woods
1: you no know, you better grab your bow and be hooked on maybe just be at full draw already and mm-hmm. just see <laughs> Don't tell him. It's, it's gonna be good but um yeah so excited to get that farm and we might do a fall plot maybe. Yeah. If there's
0: yeah, probably. I mean we're definitely I've already met with farmer. They're putting in alfalfa. We got all that going on. We got Milo going in. Or no, not Milo this year. We got alfalfa going in. No, I don't even think we're gonna be head, head feed. It'll be Milo or uh Wheat. It'll just be yep. wheat and alfalfa this year and then we'll turn everything to they'll be on a Milo head feed slash alfalfa uh rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll be doing our soybeans and stuff, but yeah, yeah for sure.
1: Yeah. So all right, well, um, kind of what you're going back to, kind of our tactics and stuff. One thing that we've been doing, or been trying to figure out, I think for the last few years, is you know it's July seventeenth. year um, are taking shape. We've we've got a couple cameras out. Not we got five, six cameras out, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'll let Chancey touch on this, and he can probably explain it a little better. But we've been one issue that we've had and we know a lot of people have especially is our cell cams we put them out you know you get all excited and then they're dead in three days Mm -hmm. especially like we got one camera that um on this triangle farm it was dead in like two days because it got so many there's so many deer and it got so many pictures so the past couple years we've been trying to figure out how to fix that where we're not going in and out not you know putting pressure on these farms where you don't have to and you can put these cameras in some good areas and leave it mm-hmm. um and so we've been doing that with big batteries and chance you can go on go ahead I'm well we go use
0: hme day. too as well yeah. but yeah the idea is you get a cell camera that's the idea is you don't put pressure on your deer and so that's what been our challenge
2: yeah for sure well and like uh northwest oklahoma and spots where you know there's full sun the hme and the stealth cam uh solar panels worked really well for us last year um i know Uh, we had a few of those out and those literally, uh, we had a lot of sun last year and we didn't have to charge them up once. And it was, it lasted literally the whole year.
0: And let me verify. So some people out there may not know what HME is. It's a solar panel.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, so HME is hunting made easy. That's, that's, that's the company. And they make a solar panel, um, that, you know, plugs into any of, you know, it's, um, any of the stealth cams or any of and it's you know, pretty cheap
0: what academy 30 40 bucks i don't know yeah i
2: think it's like 55 okay. i think is the hme gotcha. um stealth cam makes one as well we we like really like the stealth cam brandon one too that it actually has a thread that threads into stealth cam so you can't pull it out and uh, that's which, which big, is really nice. yeah, you got coons yeah. crawling up mm-hmm. your cameras then and they can't pull that cord they out they can't pull that cord out which is huge and yeah, so the solar panels last year worked really well for us. Uh, now we do have a lot of spots, whether it's in Kansas or whatever, where uh, you know we can't get that full sun, um, and that's where we really rely on those big batteries. So uh, we've kind of come up with a system where we can get. Um, you just buy an external cord. Um, and then you hook it up to a big battery and it's basically what it is' It's a motorcycle battery um, it's an 18 amp hour battery and it has um, just like the the f2 terminals where which you can just plug it right in um, which is really nice and uh, you know it, it lasts a long time it usually it lasts a year didn't it it, it lasts about a year. To, Depending on what settings you have your camera on, like if you if you have your settings where you're sending them every hour and it's hourly, uh, then it'll last the whole year for sure. If you have it where it's instantaneous, sometimes it depends on how many pictures we got. Like I know uh, there were a couple like on the Veil feeders where you know that's taking thousands of pictures a day. Um, I think we we used up two last year mm-hmm. uh, which is still pretty good and in the long it, run if you think about the money yeah, what, are the, what spend, do they cost Did yeah you... they so they're, they're only about 115 bucks uh, we actually get them off of battery junction
0: now that sounds high but all of a sudden you throw, it's throwing dirt cells well, here yeah. you're talking about lithium
2: batteries yeah. That's,
1: yeah. that's that's two that's, deals yeah. lithium batteries yeah. i know
2: i know and really i mean it, it saves you a lot of money in the long run
0: and then, um, and then the fuel mm-hmm. and then the biggest thing for us is going in and out
2: yep yeah um, staying out of there
1: now with that we had to we had to figure out I think the which cord worked with specific cameras too, yes. right? So depending on which um camera brand you're using, mm-hmm. you've got
2: to where where'd you get the cords? So the cords uh are off of herd three sixty. Um that's just the website, um, which I'll give it give that guy a plug. He does a really good job. He actually makes his own cords, chew proof for varmints and all that. Herd, and how do you spell it? Herd, H E R D three sixty. Yeah, Herd, okay. herd three sixty, yep. I think he's at a He's he, or he's somewhere in this in the southeast like Georgia or somewhere mm-hmm. out of there. But he but but he's he makes battery boxes. He makes he makes all or the you know the whole nine yards. So uh, w- what's nice about that is they he actually sells them and each cord it'll it'll show what camera like will be a da- so so you don't have to get on and look at the specs and mm-hmm. you know it it's just there and it's like okay I have a stealth cam I'm gonna go get stealth cam cord and send it to you in less than a week. Yeah, and so you just gotta make sells. sure to buy
1: the right cord that, that right. matches your. You right. know, camera brand
0: that you're using, yep. so. Well, the new thing, guys, too, we just got the new cameras, the Deceptor. I'll it,
1: say the Deceptor, again, it's dead now because we had to take it so many <laughs> pictures, but it was working really good. Yeah, I mean, and,
0: the, and I love it because AT&T, Verizon, it clicks onto whatever you need out there. You don't have to tell it. It's just going to get the best service, and, and by gosh, we got them in places. They ain't supposed to get service, and it's getting service.
1: Yeah, and it's taken... You know, the picture quality seems good. Obviously, it's I think it's better when if you – later, if you pull it off the SD card, it's mm-hmm. going to be – I think it's 36 megapixels, which yeah. is – that's higher than mm-hmm. some, like, professional yeah. cameras. Uh, but the app works good, and um, that's just one we've got in a place where I don't think it's going to get much sun. we got to get a, a battery on mm-hmm. or
2: something. Um and I, it's in a place where there's a lot of deer yeah and i and i think it's worth going a little bit what what jeff was just saying about the dual sim card so basically what that means is you know a lot of these cameras are at&t cameras or verizon cameras while well, this new deceptor has both sim cards in it mm-hmm. to where wherever you're at in the country if at&t service is better than verizon it's going to automatically pull off the at&t tower and likewise if verizon's better mm-hmm. it's, it's automatically going to pull whichever best service mm-hmm. so uh, that's huge because I know last year there's there's a couple areas that AT and T works better, a couple that Verizon's. So we had to you know go make sure we had the Verizon camera here, the AT mm. camera. Now it doesn't matter. We just you know go and it just pulls the best. Well, and it's also got the which I'll let Jeff touch on the importance of. It's got the I guess
1: instantaneous. Like if you need a a picture of maybe you're going into hunt or something, you can click it and it will send you a picture right there, which is huge, mm. especially like morning hunts. Mm-hmm. Um, If you're about to walk in, you want to know, hey, is there something there? You can go on the app, click, you know, I don't send me a picture, whatever whatever it is, and it'll send to your phone, and you can make sure you're not It's on demand, demand is what it's
0: called. And, and yeah, and even I, I like the idea, too, of setting on the edge of a field like these bean fields. I mean, just like this triangle field, it's on that bean field. You can just hit it the last 30 minutes. You can make it just start sending you pictures, and you can see maybe something's not triggering it, but there's big bucks back there in the back, and you can tell, oh, man, there's, there's 20 deer out there or whatever. So, yeah, it's just a great feature, and, and you know, I just, I just want to tell you guys, I've been hunting a long time. I've made a lot of mistakes, but I tell you the mistake that's being made is just remember this. These big bucks that we're hunting, they do walk around in the daylight every day. I guarantee you. You know, we have said it, we've heard it said many times, well, he only daylighted it twice last year. No, he daylighted every day. But when you take a bait site, a food plot or whatever, and you're in and out, in and out, and even though he will daylight some around the rut or here and there, he's scared. And you've got to turn these situations into places where it's not like he knows, well, yeah, there's someone here a lot. There's someone here even once a week. Make it where you're not there. I can tell you, going back to that deal that we've talked about in here, guys, of, of of a park or a place where no one, you know, people are like, man, that, yeah, no one messes with that. There's deer out there in the daylight all the time. That is the idea, and I mean, we did that to the Booner Farm last year. We we did it.
1: Well, there, yeah, and there's deer walking around all the time. I mean, there's the deer now, even now. It's they're there a couple hours before dark, you know, yeah. at times. So yeah, just well,
0: just, and even now, so what we've been doing with the Booner Farm, and we have a veil there, pretty close to some bedding, and we've been going in with the tractor. And just popping it, leaving it run, and 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 when we need to do something with it. But but again, it's now it's on the, the 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 system we have, and we're not having to go in. And that is the key. I can't stress it enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One thing too, <laughs> like we talked about earlier, we've had, as far as camera goes, we've had you know so much rain. Like you said, we've we've been putting some corn out and some big and J, and they're hitting it some, but it's not like it typically is, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, they just got so much browse and obviously our, our fields are jamming. So they are, you know, our, we've kind of switched or I don't, we we're, need to switch up. I think we're somewhere cameras are to get
0: some better picks. Um, well, dude, I'm trying to get decoy. I got two cameras out on the five. I know he's walking all around. I, well, yeah, I, I ain't yeah, got I, a good picture I of him. him. I filmed
1: him. He, I, I he, he walked out. It was him and, um, uh, three other bucks, maybe <laughs> they literally, they walked out. It was two does. We had a little corn pile over there in the alfalfa. Two does eating on the corn pile. They didn't. They didn't even look at it. They just kept going. They walked right to the middle of the alfalfa field, and then I watched them for an hour and a half. Like, How, how's he look? He looks good. He. Lo- I think he's the biggest he's ever been. I still. Me and Jeff have this bet going. <laughs> Jeff said if Jeff thinks he's going to get one fifty five or bigger, and if he does. I think I got to give it up to him. I like I got to go on social media and just like, Jeff is the best, whatever, you know. <laughs> but I, I said, I'll take below that because I, I don't think he's going to get there. But if he's not, Jeff has to make me the tenant <laughs> no. on one of his farms <laughs> for the year. And I, I solely get to hunt that farm.
0: Guys, please, do, don't document this. That's what he's trying to do. This is not true. You know, we just made, did that he last. He made the bet. No.
1: He made the bet. No,
0: we ain't come up with, I think it's a steak dinner or something. I don't know.
2: That sounds like a pretty good bet. No, I I will take it. <laughs> I, I, I on, on, no. Or on Cole's end, anyway. I think Decoy is no, going to be
1: 149.
0: No, I will let you hunt my farm next year when you get a tag. How about that? That's pretty good <laughs> and, right and, there, and, right? I mean, they would do it.
1: Like only me? Like, I want the new phone, just me.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: But no, I think you, if he get, I mean, you don't tell me if I'm wrong, but I think if he gets to 150, he'll be doing really good.
0: Well, I haven't seen him good enough to, I ain't seen your footage. I I, I literally, I think there was one little picture of him, but I, I, I still have. By. He's going
1: to have good mass. Like, yeah, I just, his tines are just. He ain't gonna have much there. He obviously he's got. I think what's he's got his eye guards? Is it
0: three. On I think he side? has
2: three on that one side, but
1: none of them are. You know, obviously that adds up. We have three, but they're, you know, three three inches. three inches maybe.
2: Is he is he six by this year? What is he? No, year? he's no. just a
1: mainframe ten. Is he mainframe ten with um, three eye guards on one side? I think yeah. so. Um, I but he does. He looks way healthier. Mm. Um, you know, he got shot yeah, he last, shot year, last guys. year. In the sho- high shoulder, yeah, didn't kill him. Uh, and he didn't look good there for a while. We thought he was yep. gonna die, and um, no, he looks, you know, pretty beefed up. Looks like he's been in the weight room a little bit. So mm-hmm.
0: he's six. So yeah,
1: he's de- <clears> he's the definite shooter, and he's running the farm. He needs to go. Somebody needs to shoot him because he is he's running the farm. So, um, good.
0: Well, we still haven't got ghosts. I mean, we ain't got a bunch of them. Yeah. We ain't got a bunch well, of just, them. They're we, scattered. They're so scattered. We got so many big bucks, and and. uh and guys, I'm fixing to go on vacation, so they're fixing to go move some cameras around. So hopefully, I give them the credit if they can find one of them big boys. We got the caddy buck and all kinds of bucks to mm-hmm. find. I
1: think it with Ryan too. I think they just put up cameras and see what see if Caddy's back over there or if he's still on us. I don't know. I don't know if he summers over time. there and then comes over because last year he showed up in like October mm-hmm. sometime. <laughs> so he might summer over there to the.
0: That's so one thing about it, that Booner farm, they end up there. Golly, mm. I don't know how many new bucks that were just... They just got there, and they didn't just come through. They got there, and they just stayed. I mean, your buck.
1: Mm-hmm. So Yeah, once they find it, they realize it's it's pretty nice over there. I don't, yeah, <laughs> they, don't, they don't go very far. Um, So, yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't think there's any really... Obviously, we're just looking for big deer <laughs> in well, particular. Well, one yeah.
0: thing I do want to tell you all, and, and if you... The one thing, the system that I got in place with my new farms is, um, is alfalfa. So I would tell you kind of how we do things. Because so, a lot of times when you plant alfalfa, you're usually going to plant it in the fall. So you're going to be end of August, first of September, somewhere in there when you're going to get rain. So you prepare the field. But when you plant alfalfa the first year, you kind of lose that field. So in other words, if you just plant alfalfa, alfalfa is going to come up so much, but it's not going to be a big draw for you. So what we do is we plant the alfalfa, we drill it in say north and south or whatever, and then I turn around and we drill wheat in east and west. And it gives it a cover crop and it helps your alfalfa, it's a protection deal for it. But then you have a good field to hunt. And so that is the system we use now. The next year your first cutting will be wheat and alfalfa and then after that, it'll clean up and it'll look just like alfalfa. And then you're off to the races anywhere from, you know, five to eight years. I've seen it more on the eight-year side with what I've done. Um, and this is what I want to tell you guys is, see, if, if you are a deer hunter and you got a, so let's just say you got a 10-acre field and you plant corn and then you want to leave it standing, whatever. See, you're drawing deer and you're doing this and that, but you're not making any money. And if you do make money on it, what happens? You cut the corn and now you got to cut cornfield. Same thing with beans, whatever. Alfalfa is the only crop that I've ever found. I mean, first of all, in Oklahoma, it's the number one draw there is. It's got so much protein, it helps them this and that. But you make money. You make money as you're providing for the deer. So just something to think about. You know, if you got you a farmer, Or if you're a farmer, whatever. If you plant alfalfa, you can make money three to four cuttings a year. You're making money. You don't have to replant it. You know, you got some bug spray. If you got, you know, get grasshoppers or whatever. You got some fertilizer, anabolic grow, whatever, and you're off to the races.
1: And I think there, it's pretty much year round. There might be a short time period there in late winter where they're not, you know, they're not going to Mm -hmm. it. But for the most part, they're, you know, you can hunt them on the alfalfa. All, you know.
0: All well, year. I, I find more sheds on alfalfa back in the Wallahatchee days, just, you know, find 40 sheds out there on an 80-acre field. So
2: yeah. yeah. I'll just tell you, coming from Indiana, you know, soybean was king. And, you know, saw it for the first time firsthand. They walked over soybeans to go to, al- to alfalfa. And the, I've, I've never seen that before mm. in my life. And that, that's that's just a testament that, you know, in this part of the country – Alfalfa is king. Well, and I think,
0: think, you know, just on a practical side, and this could be totally wrong, but the way my brain thinks, I mean, it's just like if you grow up on cereal or whatever, you've had cereal, but this guy over here has never had cereal. He don't like cereal because he never it's a weirdo. had. It. Yeah, well, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I mean soybeans and corn is all there is in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden alfalfa is the rarity. Mm-hmm. And I've even seen it in parts of Kansas that way where soybeans, you know, you get in that country like Clay Center and all that where I hunted on the Republican River. I seen him walk across alfalfa to get soybeans. In Oklahoma and where we're at in Kansas, mm-hmm. my gosh, they're they're coming to Alfalfa. Alfalfa. 100%. Yeah. And like I said, as a deer hunter, it's how I make money. It gives me that income. And again, the farmer can cut it as much as he wants. It's 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 still good for the deer. Where, like I said, you take the soybeans and corn. I mean, if I plant a cornfield like, like us do it right now, as much as corn costs, and we leave 10 acres of corn, that's a pretty penny.
1: Well, and one thing we talked about, I think, you know, back in the day, when somebody would harvest corn, them, the equipment wasn't as good, so it would always spill a little bit. Yeah. Now the, the technology is so advanced, there I mean, ain't a, there a cob of corn left in the field uh, uh, when you go to harvest yeah, so it ain't, always, it ain't helping a whole I lot. I always
0: like them guys, that, you know, our old machines rattling, and <laughs> corn, you can just yeah. get binoculars over, it. look how much corn they're dropping, we'll <laughs> just sit there tomorrow night. But, yeah.
1: Uh, so one thing, too, just to kind of let y'all know, um, I'm, on my end, we're I'm about finished up with our TV aspect of it, but we're about to go heavy into, you know, YouTube videos and keeping up to date with what we're doing on the farms. Um, you know, whether that's you know we're going a little velvet tour, filming velvet footage, you know, whatever it is, we're going to do a lot of that um, going into this season. Just so people can hold me accountable, is I'm going to try to, um, you know, upload our hunts you know as quickly as possible maybe it's two or three videos a week of you know maybe we don't kill it's just our encounters and you know the Mm. the process that we're going through and um how we're going about trying to hunt these specific deer and you know obviously there'll be some education involved there'll be some um failures i'm sure there'll be some awful hunts you know because we do have those but um i'm going to try to upload those fairly frequently and obviously when we kill we'll, we'll get that out as well but It'll so this will
0: just be pretty raw, just getting it out be, yeah, what we be, saw. This
1: will be almost almost um, like Midwest Whitetail-like. You know, back when Bill did his daily vlogs, I can't commit to doing a daily video. Um, but maybe every couple of days or three days, you know, I'll try to um, put everything together and, and get it out so people know where we're at. So if you want to follow along with that, be sure to like our YouTube or subscribe. And then this summer we're we going to do some stuff, um, velvet stuff, um, you know, whatever it may be, we're, we're going to i to get some videos this out. This summer's here. It is here, <laughs> yeah. but I gotta finish TV stuff first because that's mandatory. I got deadlines. So on that.
0: y'all going this week? As I'm gone, gonna go film some stuff, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Probably. I know.
2: I know. We definitely have to go and do some stuff on the ranch, and then obviously, if you can, if you can come, then come on. Let's go get some footage. But there's some work to be done that we got to do this week. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I'd like to see yeah, Kansas. We could go now. where well, we got well, we're on four farms now.
2: Yep. Yeah, I, I, well, own, I own
1: four farms in Kansas
2: now. We, we we have access to three, not closed on the fourth, I guess. Yeah. Unless unless you give me the green light, and then we'll go <laughs> put <laughs> the gamers up. No. <laughs> no. We'll have to wait on that one, I think. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Um,
1: so earlier, what do you want to go to? We can go to this, or we can go into, uh, remember what we talked about in the office in there earlier, kind of, you know, things people can be doing now. Uh, which I think we probably touched, yeah, on, we some of
0: touched it. on it. Yeah, we have touched on it. I mean, I, I would say this, uh, you know, the, the inventory, I just want to dive in that a little bit. That is way more important, I believe, than people think if you're after a big deer. I mean, your inventory from here till October 1st is so important to be able to shoot. If you're managing, you know, you can start putting um, – the shooter, non-shooter deal together. Because what happens is all of a sudden, and it happens to us too, guys, we get the new deer in October as we're in the process, and then it's hard to distinguish sometimes how old he is. Um, you have the pressure of, dang, I got my bow. Why don't we just kill this sucker? <laughs> I mean, um, but but I think that is so important for us on managing a deer is to make sure we start doing that. The other is I'll touch on and I'll let them talk about is as you hang your sets right now, or maybe you have your sets up that you've had and you're going back into trim or whatever it might be, the one thing I would tell you to do is stop this year. When you go in, let's just say you go in tomorrow to one of your stands, you're hanging new your set, make sure to get your compass out and see which way is what. Don't just be like, oh, that's south, but then really that's south. I mean, find that that key deal and think about it. Um, I truly believe the way I've killed a lot of big deer is just I have been fairly disciplined over time and, and knowing what, which wins. So in other words, you hang a set, tell yourself, and maybe even write it down. We do it on the Onyx app, and I'll go in there and put exactly what winds we can hunt it with. But have that in your head, because here's the deal. All of a sudden, a big deer shows up October 11th, and and you then you start going, well, I think I can get by with that wind. No, you need to go to a dialogue that you've already got in place that told you this is what wind we're going to hunt it with. That's how you kill them deer. And if it ain't there, you wait on that time. But you have to. Does that make sense? I mean, know what wind you're playing.
1: Well, yeah, we. I mean, especially when you get to know your farms and you know how deer, you know, typically moving, you know, throughout there. Sometimes you might go hang a, you might be on a new farm and you don't know exactly how the deer are going to travel through there. But if you know the farm well. Yeah, know what, when. But still, I but think even, yeah, even, you got yeah, to even have that still, plan. you got to have a plan for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, every time we hang a stand, that's that's like the first thing we do is, okay, we can hunt this with a north and northwest, mm-hmm. and that's it. If it ain't that, it's Well, not then you,
0: you, you trail your access in and out, you know. Um, I just think that is, like I said, it's not rocket science. It's it's just a doggone. And like I said, I, the, the argument we come up with more than anything is people saying, well, I don't get to hunt as much as you. Well, that's almost more of a reason. You want to be a big buck guy? I mean, I don't know how many times I've had good friends tell me, say, yeah, man, we put in all this work on our farm here, and we got this neighbor. He don't hardly ever do nothing. He ain't never even on his farm, and he shoots a giant every year. He shoots our giant. Think about that. Just let that process. Maybe that's you. That is because he is not making the mistakes you are you're doing a lot of work but you're doing work that is hurting you and then he's shooting your dang deer every year because whether whether he's working too much and he can't get in there or whatever it doesn't matter the end result is he's not putting pressure and you are
1: boom <laughs> boom <laughs> yeah um yeah you want to go into this or we least sh- go um, ahead start it so what is what's kind of into it kind of how we're obviously we're setting up the farms now and we're setting up our farms to, you know, I feel like we all think that our usually our best time to kill a buck is early. Or we try to we try to make it where we're set up where we can kill a deer opening day if the weather's right and the wind's right or whatever. So kind of dive into, you know, our early season, I guess, hunting tactics of, of how we go about things, what we try to avoid. Um,
0: well, I think what he's talking about, just so you all know, and then I'll let Chancey talk on this um, point, but is – The controlled aspect, obviously, you might be out there going, well, no, I read these magazines, and they shot this 230 in Illinois, November 15th, and obviously, we know that, and that's a fun time to hunt, but I'm talking about a controlled deal where you got a big buck, and you are, in a sense, in control, you know what he's going to do, he's not going to go over to Jim Bob's farm because he's doing this every day
1: feeding summer pattern Mm -hmm. basically on that
0: summer pattern and then the other big thing guys he's not broke up you know a lot of times we get these big deer and all of a sudden they lose a half a two or a three and now we're not going to shoot them and so we're we're in control of that even um so i think that's the idea is that's if there's such a thing as control with a big buck it's your best time to control the situation
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, everybody likes to hunt the rut because it can be exciting. It can be, you know, action packed. There's a lot of deer that are up on their feet during the daylight, but at the same time, it can also not be. Because I've had, I've probably had more Novembers, have been a part of more Novembers where it's slower than molasses than, you know, on fire. Um, so, you know, getting those early season days where deer are more predictable is important, I think. And then also, I think what we've seen is, you know, obviously you can pattern deer more during those early season days, but then if deer are, you know, right on the fringe, like you know that they're coming, they're coming, and then all of a sudden you, you get that cold front, you know that that might be the the ticket that gets him up, you know, 25 minutes earlier to where, you know, he's going to be daylight. I know that, that was a big factor uh, a couple of years ago when uh, you and Daniel doubled on um, on the flyer buck and caddyshack buck, you know, they were, they were all over it. And then all of a sudden you got that temp drop and heck yeah. both of them. Got when the key was too,
0: we hadn't been in there. Mm, that exactly was the yeah. biggest key is, yep. is we hadn't hunted there five, six, seven days and spooked a bunch of deer. No, we waited on it yep. and had that patience. And that's what I want to tell you. Even if you got the 40 acres and you can't hunt all the time, still wait on it. That's how you kill them. Yep.
1: Well, an early, I think an early season cold front is the deadliest, is the, you know, the ticket to shoot a big deer, especially if you've got a big deer on camera and he, you know, maybe he's been showing up early season. If you can get a 20 degree drop from your typical where we're at, you know, 90 or 100 yeah. to 75 or whatever, you will 98% chance you're going to see that deer as long as you haven't put pressure on it. You know, he's not aware you're there or whatever it may be, so... Yeah, early season cold prices. And, and you huge. know,
0: I think that the other thing I want you guys to realize is a big buck. His mentality right now, he's the most selfish animal that's ever lived. I can promise you, he don't care about nobody but himself. And all he's doing right now is packing on. He's at the the food source that's going to give him the most fat, because he is going to chase does, and he knows that. And that's how God has made him, and that's all he cares about. Now, here's the deal. They're very sensitive. So all of a sudden you start making mistakes, even if that's out. You know, we talked about the Belveter. Well, let me just tell you, that can be great sitting on a hill and watching deer, but the idea even in that is making sure they don't know you're watching them. You're not putting it on pressure because I'll tell you what a big buck will do. Just a little bit in, 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 in you know, July, August, September will move him. And um, that's where you got to be careful, and I think that's where we all like the rut, right? So you got to change your mentality. Then, then you got to be more aggressive. You know, you got to find and move and do whatever you got to do. Still play the win, but be aggressive, and you can get by with it. I mean, heck, a deer will forget within minutes if you bump him because all he's got's one thing on his mind. So, you know, get that in your head what you're dealing with.
2: Yeah, that's like. So uh, last week, Ty and I went to um, the Booner Farm and. We were gonna observe the the soybeans there, and uh, we really kind of picked out a spot where we wanted to get to, which was probably a little bit close. That way we can get some pretty good footage. Uh, we had the good wind, but we kind of got there, and the head feed was too tall where we couldn't, you know, get to where we wanted. So we, instead of pushing in even further to get around the head feed, we backed up even further just just to be safe. And um, I mean, we didn't get the you know the high speed that 80 yards type footage, but we were able to sit back. No, nothing new. We were there, mm-hmm. and we were able to, you know, know exactly what deer went where. And, I mean, to me, that's a success. Well, you learned a pattern.
0: You knew yep. bucks then. We didn't really realize there's so many bucks bedded to the south, so mm-hmm. we learned something. That's the yep. idea. You learn, but don't let them learn. Yep. You know, that is the idea. Is That's how I've always been is just, you know, and it's fun guys all of a sudden you can't hunt on a day and you can go be out on the roads and drive around or you can sit on a hill that's fun too and and that is where you beat your neighbor i guarantee you
2: yep and and another thing is just like that sitting on a hill sitting back watching um obviously you know a spotting scope is very important to have but other than that, having a mag view or a phone scope or something that way, you can record through that spotting scope. Not only lets you obviously you know capture it for fun, but you can also record mm-hmm. those deer and where you may be able to you know go back and rewatch it, hook out you know different characteristics of bucks. I know you know we were um, uh, we filmed you know a, f- a few bucks and that and that night I was able to watch it back uh-huh. and be able to really tell because we had never seen that deer that you know filmed yeah. before. So. Yeah, and
1: come. November that deer walks through, maybe, you know, you may know him. And say, okay, that's uh-huh. that's right. a deer we think he's three. I'm not gonna, you know, you don't just grab the bow and shoot him yeah. you're out of instinct or mm-hmm. be.
0: Well, I think it's uh, too. As we talked about mm-hmm. the rain this year, it's more important to do what Chancey's talking about than ever because we're not gra- gathering that inventory within, on cameras, yeah, 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 like like we have in the past. I mean, um, and I think it's going to be tough for a while to get that inventory.
1: Yeah. So kind of back to our early season. One thing we do is. Pretty much, I'd say 98% of the time, we are not hunting mornings, early season. Um, you know, there's, I think there's special situations and circumstances that's, well, I think we there's special
0: stands. It. I mean, you know, I think a chainsaw. Yep. I mean, we zeroed in on that. I mean, and I think it goes back to that plan, Co. You know, 90% of our stands are evenings, mm. you know, because you can't get in and out or whatever. But, and this chainsaw,
1: just to kind of describe it, um, we got a 20-acre alfalfa field to the south, probably, what is that, a half mile? Mm-hmm. Probably a half mile. And we know where these deer come up You know, come up to bed to the north. So this stand was 40, 50 yards off the road. Me and Elvin were walking in. Um, i just drop you off. he just drop us off on the road. We'd walk in, again, 40 or 50 yards, climb up in there. We were not. You know, we weren't just laying down a whole lot of footsteps. Um, and the deer were still on the fields. You know, obviously... As you know, when it started getting lighter, they were coming back up to right. bed. But um, yeah, it was daily dead. Elden ended up killing, um, shooting the what do we call it? Double main beam uh-huh. buck, whatever. So it's just one of those stands where you can get in. You're not busting deer, you know, especially if you're at a place where you can feed you know, deer mm-hmm. on corn piles or mm-hmm. something in the morning, we are not going in to hunt, you know, mm-hmm. we'd advise well, you not to go in because you're right. just going to bump them.
0: Yeah, don't try to get lucky. I, I, I hear people say it. I mean, we had a plan, and our plan was the inventory, everything that we knew was showing deer. If they did come there, it was 45 minutes after daylight. And we could do it. We could pull us off. I mean, um, so, yeah, I mean, but other than that, I mean, and even your evening stands is what you got to be careful for. When you say you got your big deer, that giant that you're hunting, you know, I would tell you, don't go in. Even if you got the good wind, it's 93 degrees, it's 93 degrees, it's 93 degrees or whatever, and that deer is there in the dark. Why would you go in until you get what chance you're talking about, that cold front or cold, whatever. Now, again, if it's 93 degrees and he's been there every day. Go kill him. Go kill him. (laughs) But don't try to get lucky because it's October 1st and he's going to change something because he probably ain't unless you got something forcing him to change. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely watch your morning hunts.
1: Um, I guess going back to stand locations, you know, obviously, especially early season, we're typically hunting food sources. In your opinion, are you, when we're setting up stands, are you more focused on being on the edge of those food sources Or are you setting up between their bedding and food sources or a mixture of both? Kind of what's your...
0: Yeah, I think my mentality is obviously the farms that we do now, a lot of them are set up for it. I mean, I think of West Beans. Mm -hmm. So we set that up. You know, we set that idea up of the head feed out in front of the blind. Where in the evenings we we've went in and we've had the northeast wind and we've watched and we and we wait until it's dark dark and then we can get out and the idea is that nothing knows we're there. Um, now, I think it to answer that question is real complicated to me or more um, in depth is we are setting up access first to make sure that is the the deal and then the other is. I think the word hunt with us is not a lot of times our season. We don't use that. We're going in to kill. We've made the decision. We've, we've gathered the facts, if you will, and okay, based on what we think and what we've already predetermined, it's time to go put this in place. Obviously, it doesn't happen every time. So we don't kill. Then we back up and we get out of there and we deal with what's happened. And then we, so again, I just think it's, it's the edge of the field. If that's where you kill him, if that's what you've, the data is showing, go do it, but be careful with your thoughts and don't get, I think the deal is the desire and the um, obsession, if you will, you got to kick that out. You got to go kind of with the facts of what you've, you know, determined in your mind, predetermined, and then that's what you go by. Does that make sense? Mm
1: -hmm. And I think, you know, obviously access in is very important, but the access out Especially especially if you're on the edge of a field where you know there's going to be a bunch of deer uh, after dark, mm-hmm. you got to be able to get out without busting that field, which kind of takes me to, again, we've talked about this, in that circumstance where you are on the edge of a field, maybe you're, you, know, you thought you're going to go in and kill, doesn't happen, and now you got 50 deer out in front of you, let's just say you don't have a, a great way to get out. Do you think it's better to walk out, or do you think it's better, if possible, to have somebody come drive their pickup in there and pick you up and bust feel the That's a great crate.
0: point, and I think the I think the deal is the pickup. I think it's the farmer. Now, the other thing I want to bring up with that co and you've really experienced this a lot, is the dark thirty. You know, don't don't get there right after dark and think, okay, we're just going to get out of here. You know, wait, have patience even then, because I'm going to tell you, you you get an hour after dark. Deer are different, and the same thing in the morning. I mean, me and Cole have started. We go in early, early. I mean, we've literally put a flashlight on a deer right at the stand, and it's just dark, 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 and he's just.
1: He's a, a shooter. Yeah. <laughs> it's a <that> big
0: eight. <laughs> yeah, and then you take, you all of a sudden we're running late, right, and you're right there at that 15-minute, 10-minute deal. They're, they're back into that. Survival mode. I'm motor. telling you, it's a big, big difference. So and I I kinda learned that from coon hunting with my dad, you know, being out there with the the wheat lights and this and that and you walk up on a deer, whether it's a doe or big buck, whatever, and they're just they're just in a different zone, if you will.
1: Well, our North Dakota hunt with Mo. It was you know, we were we knew Mo was out in the field, you know, we didn't know exactly where, we just knew he was out there with a bunch of other deer and we waited I think we waited an hour and a half after dark one night Uh. and then we walked around a mile and a half through the, the yeah, marsh. Gosh. It was just so we didn't spook the steer. It was rough.
0: Well, it'd be better if that would have turned out better. Yeah, but it, but we do. <laughs> we, we, we try to do, again, ain't always right, but just come up with that predetermined plan and then execute it. And that's just discipline. Have discipline and, and respect these big bucks the way they think because I'm going to tell you it's the wildest animal there is and that's what you have to do to be able to kill them consistently.
1: So in your opinion, if possible, use a if you can have somebody pick you up to you know, if you're on that field or whatever, to bust that field up with the pickup. But let's just say you have a great, you know, a stand where you have great access, so you can get out without doing it, you would you know, say yeah, probably get I, out.
0: I mean I would say this too, Cole, is the pickup I think is is the greatest deal, but all of a sudden you do that three, four nights in a row. I'm telling you, yeah, you're going to lose your field. Yeah, you're going to lose your field where they're not coming out as much or whatever. I mean, uh, I think you have to continue whatever it is. And, you know, we all don't want to ever spook a deer. But, you know, I don't want people thinking we never spook one because mm-hmm. we do. I mean, um, but you just adjust on the fly and you just you, you continue. Again, it's not like you hunt five days in a row in a stand and think you're going to get by with that. It Usually you've just screwed up. You got to pick your times,
2: yeah. And that's also sometimes you know uh, you can kind of get away with it with whether it's food plot architecture or you know just kind of going the extra mile. So like a lot of our our you know food plots, if we have blinds on food plots, we always put head feed in front of our blinds. That way, which when is basically it, a, when screen, it, which so is a screen, so people understand. Yeah, which is which is a screen. It's you know ten foot up, so uh, you know when it gets dark, dark we can slip out of the blind and there's a block between there and the food source where we can slip out a lot. And I mean, you can do that with tree stands too, you know, uh, getting brush or whatever and just stacking it up um if you have that good you know entry exit just having a little bit of visual barrier to where you can slip out the back
0: well one thing and and maybe cole could even put this up at some point as a diagram i want to give you a perfect scenario um you know a lot of times you know people think okay you get to win in your face but i'm going to give you a perfect scenario which would be perfect if you had the perfect set so in other words I'm walking in, and I'm going to use a set that we have. I'm walking in, and I'm walking straight east into my stand, okay? So I'm walking straight east, and I'm playing a diagonal wind. It's a wind like this. It's, an, it's a northeast wind, okay? So, and, and and again, could I have this wind and it work? Yes. But this northeast wind and, and even this east wind, those two winds is what I want to play. Now, could I play a north? My deer are batting to my left. To and the north, to the north, and they're coming out, and they're they're coming across my face, and then they eat here at, at something I have designed, and then I got the big destination field that we designed out here, and then they turn and go this way. So the idea is, because see, sometimes, again, we play winds in our face, but let's just mm-hmm. roll this this the scenario. Our scenario: the bucks come out, the flyer buck is how we shot this deer. We had to deal with. You know 25 does and, and other bucks coming here but then it got here we had this crosswind and then they went on out here now if we have a straight north what happens is you get 20 25 does what happens something gets down wind of you so that's the perfect scenario is that side type wind um, and again i don't know if that makes sense but you know, a lot of times I am playing a, a wind in my face where deer are coming straight at me and then they're feeding back behind me. You see the the difference because all of a sudden, yeah, you've got dealt with 30 sallies that came by you. Before long, they're going to get you, and then the blow, keep the deer from the big buck or whatever. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, that goes back to, I think, to knowing the farm. We, we've had a few years, and we know, pretty much knew how the deer were using you know, coming from their bed mm-hmm. feed. and feeding, so we knew, yeah, northeast or east, you're pretty much bulletproof. I mean, there shouldn't, yeah. for the most part, nothing's gonna get behind you. So right. that's just kind of uh, a, oh, I don't know, just learning. You know, learning your farm as you go. Just kind Well, yeah, on. that
0: that's you know, you know, your deer come from your left to your right. And instead of setting up with your back to the right and you're facing the deer, you set up this other way so they cross your face. Mm-hmm. That is a key deal. If you can do it. Now, again, we don't, <laughs> this is, a perfect, yeah, this is not a perfect design. a
1: perfect design. They don't all work like that. Mm-hmm. There's times you're, especially a place where you got a lot of deer, you know, there's times you just, you might get busted. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and ju- just in general, I think, you know, this may sound basic, but just making sure that your wind is always going somewhere where deer are you know, there's a high percentage that Leech a deer's not going to go. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I used to do it all the time where I would set up tree stands where I'm like, well, the deer where I'm going to shoot him, he, 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 or he's not going to win me. Well, what about where he's coming from, where all the does are coming from? What about where they're going? Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, that's just where the deer are, you know, going to travel and where you're going to shoot them out in front of you. Isn't the only spot where you got to worry about your wind. It's just it's it's from think from the, the
1: time you get in the tree to the time you exit. Yeah, the twenty deer before he shows up. Right. where are they going to mm-hmm. end up? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um. Well, is that it? I mean. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah, we got I got to go to
0: vacation, course. and I would like to, to continue this conversation. Maybe another one of, of diving into deep stuff. I mean, stuff that we do from even you know we really started to uh, scrape trees out in front of us. You know, the other thing I think to dive into is is baiting. I mean, um, you know how how we do bait, um, and even how we bait with the cameras, and then making sure you know talking about all of a sudden you get bait too close what's going to happen, you know, whether we a lot of times use bait way out there, you know, different things like that. I think there's still lots to talk mm-hmm. about.
1: Well, and Jeff gets back way well. out. Well, like I said, once I, I've almost got my TV stuff done. We're about to get rolling on podcasts and YouTube videos and all that. So we'll have more coming um, down the road. Um, you going to do a Walk My Face segment or you got anything? Or?
0: um well, walk by faith. So uh, I would, again, I would just encourage everyone out there to, you know, remember our purpose is uh, we all have a purpose. We all have a platform. And just remember that the story of Christ is not just a story. It's the truth. And it's, um, you know, it's a deal that Christ died for us. He literally died on a cross while we were yet sinners, Romans 5, 8. So um, make that the most important thing of your life. I mean, you know, I, I had to apologize even to my wife. As I said this last week, you know, man, I've been really, really busy. It's been so crazy. I haven't spent as much time with the Lord as I should have. And that is a no-go. That is a recipe as a father, as a husband, as a man, as anyone you know, that shouldn't be the case. Christ should be first. Um, so I would just challenge you. I mean, especially men to lead and to lead in that is make sure that we're spending that time with Christ. So, yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, all right guys. Well, uh, just reminder, um, about the Southern Plains Outdoors show it is going to be, uh, August 5th. Um, in mustang oklahoma at the bridge church so that's to help support um, london and her family she's again she's been diagnosed with a, a rare cancer so um if you have the ability to support that or come out and support it we would encourage you to be there we'll be there um our tv shows we're still going season 20 of buck ventures is happening um this is episode fours this week four. with Wesley, which is in oh, Hudson. Dude. It's going to mm-hmm. be, our, I think, our best episode of
0: the year. You need yeah. to make sure and tune in. I mean, tune in to all of them, but I'm telling you right now, this is a big time.
1: So uh, Buck Ventures, you know, main airtimes are Thursdays at 7.30 and 11.30 Eastern um, on the Outdoor Channel. And then the Woodsman, season, what, five or six? Five. five. is happening now on Sportsman Channel. It's been great so far. I've uh, been telling a lot of good stories of our pro staff and the deer they've shot so and that's on Wednesdays uh, 9 o'clock Eastern so
0: that one out there will make you tear up about every week yeah somehow,
1: <laughs> somehow we're always crying yeah <laughs> uh, we all be sure to check those out um follow us on our socials um
2: subscribe to our YouTube what else yeah. what else am I missing I was just gonna to reemphasize YouTube socials you know that's we're whatever we're doing on a day to day basis that's that's how we're you know putting our our content out so um if you're, in the, if you're in the mood, give us a follow. Subscribe or, or yep. leave us alone.
0: <laughs> whatever or, you want to or, do. Or whatever, you're gonna do, whatever you want to do. Whatever back watch the video. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, I think that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, remember, as we always say, shoot by sight and walk, walk by, by faith. faith.